0: Yeah, we're talking about ghosts. Um, not real ghosts as such, but ghosts that floated about in the middle of the night. White uh, masses of material that might appear in a dark laneway or um, behind a bush. Or if you're coming up the road late at night, After midnight or approaching midnight or at midnight or shortly afterwards on a dark night, you might meet one of these uh, supernatural things. And it got me thinking back to uh, when I was young. I can't remember exactly what age I was, but I was young enough and light enough for my mother to carry me on the back of the bike. Anyhow, we would have, of course, walked up the hills, I can remember that, because those bikes back in the day had only one gear. Yeah, those bikes back in the day, they only had one gear, so um, you couldn't. Uh, click down to a lower gear when you came to a hill. But that takes us back to uh when I was, uh whatever, three, four, early 60s, 61 or 62, and I would go up my mother on a Sunday afternoon to my grandmother's house. We didn't have a car, didn't have a lot of things, but we had bikes. My mother had a woman's bike, father had a man's bike with a bar on it. Every Sunday she would... uh Go down to what I call Granny's, her own parents' house in Killaroo, Mudjibong, near Cotill. Uh, we lived in townland called Last Drummond, which was in East Knockbride, sort of the last townland that bordered East Knockbride and Mudjibong. So we would uh, head off usually around maybe three, four o'clock. It was bright. Maybe a summer's evening. Can't recall if we went in the winter time, but you sort of remember the summertime more, don't you? Like bright, warm, sunny afternoons. But uh, she used to go there to help out. Uh, grandparents were getting on in years, and uh, I had an uncle, Uncle John, who was there. He was in a wheelchair. He was invalided. And then there was uh, my other uncle, Laurie, who was the farmer, young and active and frim, trim and brimful of energy. So when I was old enough and still young enough to be carried on the carrier of a bike, we went off on this adventure. It was about three miles. In today's money, about, what, six, seven kilometers. We'd arrive there probably in about half an hour. As I said, there was a few hills on the way, you had to walk up those. and Then the lane, you turned in uh, to Killary Lane, which is uh, down the road a bit, two miles or so down the road. Then off Killary Lane, you took another lane up to where my grandparents lived, and it was a, a hill, steep hill, you had to walk up it surface was rough anyway, so he couldn't ride a bike in it. We drive down whatever, if we left at three o'clock we'd be there about half three, quarter to four. And uh so I loved being around the grandparents' house. It was somewhere new, somewhere different, be out playing around exploring the place. She'd be in helping out in the house, tidying up looking after the granny and the granddad doing bits jobs and sitting down and having a chat that was great most of the time we went home and that was where it got uh, sort of interesting because it would usually be around half past ten eleven o'clock maybe half eleven by the time we'd get on the road home and it was dark Course, it was dark, even in midsummer. It was going to be dark at that time. I had a lamp on the bike, torch. But uh, lamps are great for showing you the way and all that, but not sure how effective they were on fending off ghosts or keeping them at bay. My mother was afraid of ghosts and uh, stuff like that. And she was out of the opinion that any house where nobody lived in, for instance, a house that was now derelict because the last person who lived there was dead, she was convinced that there would be a ghost around that house, might be inside, might be out, prowling around the garden or taking a walk down the lane, out onto the road, who knows? And my mother was petrified at night, going home in the dark. And naturally enough, if you're a young person, child, a toddler, your parents are petrified, you're going to be petrified yourself. <laughs> Sometimes we would uh, stay overnight, and that was always a relief, you know, not to have to be going up in the dark, cycling three miles home in the dark. So you'd get into your warm bed and snuggle up and think of the ghosts out there waiting and... Nobody coming. Nobody for them to frighten. But most of the time, at the time, certainly I remember, we did have to cycle home in the dark. As I say, going down in the daylight was great. Looking forward to going to the granny's house. But when it came to go home in the dark, a different story. And uh, with my mother petrified of Meeting a ghost. So I'm thinking on the road on the road home. You went out the lane. Typical country lane, hedges. Part of it had hedges on both sides. Hawthorn bushes in the breeze, making sounds in the wind. Or was it the wind? Hopefully it was. Say it was, but you never know. Down onto Killaroo Lane, again more. Hedges. Shadows. A rustle in the trees. Was it a ghost, or the wind, or a bird settling down for the night? Out onto the main road then. Main road was a bit wider and maybe the hedges were a little bit thinner in places. But back to our, or my mother's fear of ghosts being around derelict houses where people had died. I'm Just thinking now there was one, two. And the third one wasn't a house, but it was a well along the road. And, uh, I'll come to the well when when we start that journey home. It was a bit more eerie and sinister than the actual ghosts floating around masses of white gas or whatever in hedges. We had to pass by the well, and then on up the road, there was another old house in on the right again. People that lived there had passed on, surrounded by high pine trees. had to pass that. And then on up the road, and there was a a laneway into our house. It was a sort of a shortcut, and um, there was an old man living in a little house on the laneway, and uh, he was still alive at the time, but uh, it was just dark and eerie and old Tommy, as he was known. He'd probably be in bed anyway at that time, but you never know who, who you might bump into. So that was basically the route and the obstacles that uh, had to be passed along the way. The first house, again, it was a little bit in off the road. It was along the main road. And uh, the old man there had died and you would cycle past. It was reasonably flat so you didn't have to get off the bike. If you had to get off the bike, you'd be giving the ghosts a really good chance to catch you. At least if you were moving, you had some hope. Turned up to the left, past Dernikirch School, through the crossroads, past the old school, on up a bit of a hill. They had to walk that. There was another old house in on the left. Again, the incumbent had uh, passed on to wherever. Next world or heaven or hell or whatever had led in store for him. There was an old orchard there as well, and we would often, on the way from school, rob it during autumn when there was a few uh, scrawny apples on the dead-looking trees. You didn't look in the lane, you know. There was a little bit of a lane way into the house, and you just kept looking straight ahead. You didn't dare look up the lane. Um, You might see something and you mightn't. But if you just kept looking straight ahead, um, you probably wouldn't see anything. So you kept on cycling straight ahead. Tunnel vision. Past that particular house. Then over a flat round bend. Another big straight. Stretching out in front of you. Some nights moon would be shining could be a full moon half moon clear sky stars twinkling and uh i know my mother the, the russians had launched this satellite sputnik i think it was 1958 they launched it it was one of the first satellites may have been the very first satellite to go up into space and uh My mother would say, look up at the sky, the stars, and the moon, and you might see the Sputnik, the satellite. I didn't like the idea of that, this Sputnik satellite. I didn't like the idea of it being up in the sky, looking down at us, spying on us, and us trying to make it home. Russian satellite. You know, anything Russian in those days wasn't good news. Um... Just the Soviet era and communism, and supposing the Catholics feared communism and all that. So, just Russia had a bad name. Still hasn't, I suppose, in many cases. And uh, my mother would say, Yeah, look up and see the Sputnik. And I like the Sputnik. I don't want to see it. I'd be burying my head into the back of a cunt. Anyhow. Sputniks weren't that bad because they were way up in space. By the time they get down to you and and aliens come and try and grab you, you'd be long home. But this well, now, this is where it gets a little bit more ah, scary or a little bit more supernatural because going back a few years when they were young lads themselves coming home after being in town or at a dance. But my father and my uncle had claimed to have seen something at this well. On the same night. And neither my father or my uncle, Dennis, there weren't men who would just make up stories just for the crack, you know. I would trust that they wouldn't do that and that they did actually experience something. My uncle often recounted the story of how he was going up the road home one night on his bike. I don't know, half, 11, 12. And he saw coming towards him a black, dog. Nothing unusual about meeting a black dog. No, sorry, I've got it wrong. I'll recap. I'm getting mixed up between the, the story that my father told and that my uncle told. My uncle was going up the road home, dark night, probably had a lamp on the bike, maybe he didn't. Might have been a bright night with the moon. And he saw a man coming towards him. This was as he approached this well. He saw a man coming towards him. And he thought he recognised the man, so he got off the bike to have a chat with the man. And the minute his feet touched the ground, the man turned into a black dog with red, fiery eyes. And... My uncle saw this and took off, legged at home, sweat pouring out of him when he got into the house at home, after what he'd seen. My father was coming up road a little bit later, the same night, and he saw a black dog coming towards him. He was on the bike, black dog on the road, And again, I mean, nothing unusual about meeting a dog on the road or a cat or fox, any animal, badger at that time and I. But the black dog came very close to the bike and actually brushed up against the bike. And he said it had fiery red eyes. And again, seeing this probably spoke to him a fair bit. And he legged it home at speed and arrived home in a sort of a cold sweat. That was their story. They recounted it many of the time. But myself and my mother, and you remember these things, especially at night time, when you have to drive, not so much drive past the place, but walk by it or cycle by it. So, This well had to be passed. And we passed the well on several nights and didn't see a thing. But you didn't have to see anything. It's the fear that you might see something. It's, as they say, the fear of fear itself that scares people more than things that might actually happen. We got past the well, as I said, and then on over the road, and there was another old house. The old house actually belonged to my uncle. Then they had a farm there. Bought the farm when the people who lived there died, and for its day, it was a two-story house. It was quite a big house for its day, but. It was surrounded by pine trees and there was a river ran down the front. So it was eerie looking. If you're going to make a horror movie or do something along those lines, it would have made a great set, you know, a great sort of stage for something like that. And it just was eerie. And again, of course, I think there had been two or three people who lived in it and both of them had passed away. Naturally enough, maybe their spirits were still around. And maybe their spirits were still around in, in a different uh, different way. But uh, as I said to us and to my mother at that time, a ghost was... Sort of a white floating mass of something might appear in a dark lane or in bushes and start chasing you. We went round, the place. The name of the place was Fitches. It was Fitzpatrick's, of course, to give them their full and proper name, but Fitches was the name of it. And my mother always would make a rhyme, especially around Halloween, said that there was witches at Fitches. And, of course, in those days, witches, as they were depicted. uh, Women with long black cloaks, pointy noses and pointy hats, riding broomsticks. So they might be flying about, especially if it was November. Never saw them. The only thing then, of course, just round the bend enough from the house, there's a very steep hill, so you had to walk up that hill. So if you were being chased by some supernatural creature or being, they were definitely going to catch you because you had to walk up the hill. And walk up the hill we did and got over it and back on the bikes down another little hill, up another little hill and into our own lane in past old Tommy's house. He was in bed over the fields, up to our house, light was on, got inside, and you were glad to be home. There's nothing nicer than arriving home after a journey like that. And I think that's still the same, you know, if you're out somewhere driving home. Nowadays you're driving home. Not too many people cycling bikes at that time of night now. And when you get to your own house and into your own bed, that's the safest place you feel. You really feel safe when you're there. In your own nest. And after that journey on the bikes, late at night, coming up the road and uh, passing all those houses that are derelict and abandoned, And getting home safe. That was. A nice sensation. Still is. As regards the well. As I say. My mother's idea. And my idea of a ghost. A floating piece of. Material. White material. That was just in the imagination. And the way ghosts were depicted. Back in the day, of course, people went to Cayley's and told ghost stories to each other and were very good at doing it. Naturally enough, when they came outside to go home, narrow roads, dark lanes, you'd be seeing things, you know, if a bush moved in the wind or God knows what. You'd... um, scare the living daylights out of you but the well and the dogs I think personally was a different uh, thing it was certainly more spirit like and I did in later years experience have a spiritual sort of experience myself in a house and I think I'll do a a separate uh, podcast about that but The thing about the well is, and and years on, I would still think about it. Now, nowadays you do drive by it in the car, you know, lights on. But if I had to walk past it, say, at midnight, you'd still be a bit on the edge, a bit. And I could, like, it's it's only down the road about a kilometre. There's nothing to stop me from saying, right, I'm going to walk down the road at midnight some night and walk past this well, just for old time's sake. And, you know, I don't think I would. I wouldn't bother, you know. Well, there's no trace of the well anymore due to passing of the years. Hedges being cut drains being cleared out by machines. Well, I know it's still there. And I wouldn't, as I said, well, if you gave me a thousand euros, I would do it. As I say, we never saw anything untoward um, there. Indeed, in, in later years, I often cycle past it myself on my own. Didn't see anything, but everyone is um, entitled to to see things. As I said previously, parents or our father, uncle—I don't think there were many who would just make something up—and that both of them would have made up the same story you know, they, they hardly said well we were going to make up a story now about seeing a dog at this well And doubt it, doubt it that's it but uh, anyhow it's just a reflection on years gone by myself and my mother normally on a Sunday afternoon going down the road to the uh, grandparents' house, me sitting on the carrier of her bike, looking into the back of her coat, and uh, having a few hours at the grandparents' house and enjoying it immensely and then coming home at half eleven or twelve in the dark with my mother on the bike absolutely petrified of ghosts ghosts and me sitting on behind her on the carrier as petrified, but we got home. Always nice to get home, get into your own bed. So that's that for now. Um, We'll do some more exciting stories later.